let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Pinner Gas Club, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Oh, so good. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. It's not getting in, getting in. I don't know what you have. I don't know if we were talking about getting sick and stuff like that. <laughs> like that, too. Um, one thing I want to bring up, and I don't know how you want to bring it into play, is we've had, in, in the pop culture world, mm-hmm. we've had some athletes, we have entertainers that have, especially what Nammies and different things, they have a lot of different opinions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them been taking a stance <coughs> against, you know, cop on cop on uh, black violence. Mm-hmm. But I, what I haven't heard, and one of the things that bothers my heart a little bit is I haven't heard the same people go against the hood and say, snitches get stitches got to end. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I didn't really want to add to a discussion because it's something I don't understand. You might check yours. You know what I mean, Mario? Yeah, yeah. Is it something no, I don't I, understand? Am I, am I is, is, are they afraid to lose their cred with the hard part of the hood? But shouldn't they be trying to take care of the good part of the hood and the good people in the hood? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Because to, to tell you I've the heard truth, I've always... on this, and all they're doing is banging on the blues. Yeah. When they need to be banging on some of the blacks. Yeah, it's like I've only, I heard one person actually go there, and I was trying to remember who that was because I remember it struck me that this was the first time I heard somebody say, you know, black on black crime is just as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, yeah, we've been talking Somebody about it. Somebody in the media and, it, and, it's, and, it's, getting, and it's getting worse right now because mm-hmm. of the police, and quite frankly, have backed off. If you're a cop, you going to engage too much? Nah. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's there with the cell phone and got you wrong. Yeah. You, you're done. And you I, I did see this morning, we saw this morning that um, Chicago, all the Chicago PD will have body cameras. Oh, by uh, mm-hmm. 18. 18. Mm-hmm. They, Which, just, they just don't own the parking meters, so that's <laughs> I don't know how, how they're going to afford it. No, I'm not saying. I think that's why it's in 2018. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that the police don't have issues. $8 million. I'm, there was an article in the Kansas City Star Sunday. Mm-hmm. Basically, the child division over here at KCMO, they're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Yeah, no, I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I mean, they, it, it, I it, think it the, against children there are incredible. problems. There, there's so many problems. Some of them are so kind of deep-rooted and systemic. But we're not talking about all the problems. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, actually... Um, the media. Yeah. I remember we were looking at um, uh, Bill Maher the other day, and he said the thing he that bothers him about liberals, and and he you know he would you know most likely identify as a liberal, but the thing that bothers him about liberals he's not afraid to say something is it, but it, which is why I actually do like him. He's not afraid to say something, mm-hmm. but he was saying most liberals like they're. They're so concerned about this little spot of shit over here when there's a pile of shit over here. It's like you, you can't do selective cleanup. Like, like it, it's either it's it's bad 
or it can wait, you know, and and this one little spot spot of crap probably can wait because you got a much bigger thing right over on that side <coughs> of the room. There's a lot of flies on that one. And there's a lot of flies on that one. And I think, you know, yes, I do think, and, you know, look, I grew up. You first of all, first of all, let me let me let me jump right in and start because I think from the beginning this actually was this was good and this has all been on tape. So uh, welcome everybody out there in podcast land to the Good Times with Good People Company presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Uh, please subscribe to the Law Party Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and SoundCloud, and be sure to tell a friend you've received your invitation. And welcome to the party. I am your host and panel moderator, Rio, and uh, I will introduce today's panel in just a second. Uh, first, let me apologize to you out there in podcast land. Uh, I am just getting over um, pneumonia, so my voice is uh, rough, uh, to say the least. Um, but um, that I did not want that to stop me for one more week. Um, the anonymous female said it was sexy. Uh, well, you know, you know, you know I'm just saying. Of, get a little Barry White. Everybody likes Barry White. Like Everybody that. likes Barry White. That's all I'm saying. But, um, so, really quick, um, uh, Dave Elliott um, on a panel. Uh, once again, of course, Chris O'Connor and the anonymous female. Um, and uh, we're going to jump right in. Actually, the funny thing is, without um, Big Dave even seeing the, uh, the show agenda, he, he, tack, he ticked into something that I was gonna talk about uh, toward the end. Um, and I pretty much said uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, I was talking about Colin Kaepernick, but, but I think this entire uh, conversation is relevant because I was saying Colin Kaepernick will be judged um, by history um, because um, some of the some of the people that we consider to be some of the greatest Americans of of all time took very similar stances and were not loved during their time for those stances, um, uh, such as. Um, uh, Jackie Robinson and Muhammad Ali. You know, I don't think you know. There's three people out there that would, you know, you know, disagree that you know, you know, Jackie Robinson and Ali are you know American heroes in a lot of ways. But at the time, um, their stances uh, on politics were really controversial. About Malcolm X. At the time, who, who still is at the time, yeah. but the man said a lot of things that were right. Exactly. I mean, to tell you the truth, coming toward the end of uh, his life, uh, even Dr. King was starting to um, focus less on. Um, he hadn't gotten away from it completely, but he had. He was focusing less on uh, nonviolence and was really starting to talk about. Um, there needs to be a movement of poor people because um, he was seeing the problem from a from a larger vantage point, and uh, and that was right around the time when uh, when he was assassinated, and you know, so I think sometimes you know things that are quite unpopular in the moment 
um, history will judge them um, as um, being on the right side of history. And, um, and so my premise was um, as much uh, division and derision as we've had uh, over uh, Colin Kaepernick um, taking a knee during the, the national anthem, we're starting to see a lot more athletes join in, we're starting to see it across sports. Um, um, the, uh, was it Bill Maher that we saw, was it Bill Maher or was it somebody on uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos where they were talking about, you may not agree, maybe it was Kerry Washington, you may oh, not yeah. agree with what he's doing, but our Constitution and, and what we fought for to have that is what gives him the right. It was Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah, it was Kerry Washington. Right. Right. But, but nobody's nobody's no, in that the fact that he had the right. Back. But just having a right that doesn't doesn't come with consequences. You know, no, 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 no. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, you so have to be people, okay. People misunderstand this all the time. Well, your I, ability and the right to do something does not mean that you get to just do whatever you want. But I think people no are saying that it's not right. Well, it's not They're right for it's you. Not right. It, it's not right for you. It's perfectly right for him. You don't have to agree with it, but it's his right to, to do that. Yeah, I, now, I, I think that you're mixing up he, the word right and right. I think what a lot of people are saying is it is morally uh, just incomprehensible that he would take this stance in the way that he's doing it. And I haven't heard anybody say he doesn't have a constitutional a, a right to go do it. I have. Well, then let's just morons. That's, no. that's just, yeah, that, that's that's just cool. yeah, no, they, I mean, I, I, everybody I know has acknowledged his constitutional ability to do that without being mm -hmm. thrown in jail, which is extremely rare uh, in this world, yeah. especially if you travel around. I think what when people use right, especially in this conversation, what they're saying is he's going about it the wrong way, even if he believes in the cause. And it's it's you know boring. well you know which which it's the first time we brought this subject up you know I said I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I thought the way he was protesting was correct but I definitely agree with why he's protesting but but the way and and I'm still um, very conflicted in in the way mm -hmm. not not in the why. Like, I definitely understand the why, but I the way I'm still in. Mm -hmm. The main problem I have is that this is sport. Yeah. You are a played employee of the San Francisco 49ers. You are a representative of the National Football League. If you want to have your protest or you want to speak out for something, you have a platform. The national media, you go, you go out after the game. And you go talk to the media after the game, they want to give you a platform if you have something to say like that. I understand that this is protesting. I think a but, lot of but, people... But this is still business. I would not approve of my, my employees picketing outside one of my houses because he felt there was an injustice because this person is building a $10 million house and he can only afford a $20,000 house. That employee is going to get fired. 
Well, that, no, you have, have to do it had, in this case. There is no he rule may have the right to do so, do but I also have it's the right not, to come. It's not against the NFL rules to do that. In fact, the NFL has repeatedly said we would prefer that you stand and acknowledge the anthem, but you do have no obligation to stand and acknowledge it. So they've been very clear on their stance, and I think they're right on it. And I also think the other thing that people are mistaking all the time and why this thing's getting blown completely out of proportion is because they hear Black Lives Matter as if Colin Kaepernick is saying only Black Lives Matter and that is it. And that's not the case. What he's saying is drawing attention to a social injustice that is very real and is prevalent. And I don't think he's saying no other lives matter except for that. I think he's just saying, listen, this is a real problem. So, well, and we went back. We've, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast. It's not, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement isn't only Black Lives Matter. It's Black Lives Matter too. It's impl- it's an implied too, and I think people don't understand that people being every other you know race out there, but I mean it just I think when you look at it that way, if if you really believe in equal rights for people, so, you would understand what they're saying. But this is where I have the problem to, because you're assuming that that the Black Lives Matter movement should be focusing on. Uh, what I would consider, honestly, if you look at the homicides in America, mm-hmm. it is it is not the vast majority of white people running around killing black people. That's not what's going on. Most black people are killed by black people, and so if black lives matter. They should matter universally, and in my mind, it should start in your neighborhoods, in your streets, in your communities. And I am I would string up a cop in a second for shooting a black person illegally. You know that is yeah. completely unconscionable. And that's wrong. That is the vast majority. Of, of the crime that's out there. And it's like when people, listen, whether you're pro-choice or, or pro-life, it doesn't really matter to me, but when you argue that, uh, you know, abortion and rape and all that case, that's less than 1% of the abortions in the world. You're making the most felonious argument at that point, and, and it's a nonsense argument. You, nobody makes a rule on the 1%. So I, I wish, truly, the black community would, would unite and go, and, hey, let's Let's work together to not just fight white on black crime, which gets a lot of attention. Why right. don't we start really fighting black on black crime and get our neighborhoods? As, I, I can honestly tell you, yes, I live in pretty much an all-white neighborhood, and if, if the kind of shit that was going on there were like murders and stuff, that would that would become a problem real fast. I mean, we're yeah. really hard to clean yeah. that neighborhood. Well, you know, it, it always makes me think about... Um, movie uh, Boys in the Hood where it's like at the end you know um, Ice Cube's character is you know saying either they they don't know they don't show or they don't care what, what's going on in the hood and I think that is a lot of people's attitude or feeling maybe that's a better word about um, about because I think you're right. I think from a media standpoint, um, you know, young black male gets shot by a cop, national news. You know. Ten of them get killed in a night. No, 23 in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, it, and it's just. It's a number. It's just a number. Right, and it's just a number. Nobody's saying, remember these names. Nobody's, you know, holding up those pictures. They're not even pictures on the news. 
And I think that's where... It's not even making national news. Yeah. It's only making news in Chicago. Yeah. Or if you happen yes. to hear... Yeah. But they want to keep that suppressed because that's not what the media wants you to be digging on right now. And this goes back to where I started off all this, is that there's a legitimate movement with BLM. I don't have a problem with their legitimate movement mm -hmm. against police violence and things like this, against being pulled over for driving while black. Mm -hmm. All these things are understandable to me, okay? But they have missed the major point, is that, okay, you care so much for this, you care so much for your community, then start doing something about it. <coughs> because I really have an issue with this. You need to be getting your rap stars, you need to be getting your, your singing stars. I mean, Beyonce and, and Jay-Z and, and Drake and, who's from Canada, so I can't really throw him in there. <laughs> but, you know, what if somebody like Kanye come out and said, look, snitches got stitches, it's BS. Yeah. Well, and I think the sad, I think that that is a sad thing, and, and kind of going back to your original point of he's being paid by the NFL with Kaepernick, it, it, it's the fact that mo not as many people are, are going to be watching the, the after the um, game interviews. They're going to see him during the game doing something specific. And I, I, it, it kind of goes back to, I can't remember what athlete it was, it might have been Jordan, when he said more athletes need to be standing up and using their voice and their platform. And then it well, I mean, started cause, rolling. I mean, because really in the but, 60s, but, a lot of athletes, <coughs> you know. But the thing yeah. is, Kanye is from Chicago. Yeah. It is very sad to me that you don't hear him speaking out, and maybe I just don't see it. Because those you would know better than I do. I mean, do he definitely he mentions stuff. He meant he does mention things. Yeah, from Bella. in his songs. But but I'm talking but, about beyond his but, songs. Uh, from from yeah. Calabasas, exactly. I'm saying that but you I'm have talking about beyond the song because not everybody listens to Kanye. No, I I get that. It's like I you know I think the problem you know speaking about Kanye. You know, I, I am uh, I am of the uh, Kanye. I am in the Kanye is a genius ilk. I so am I. Um, but my one problem that I have with Kanye, I don't disagree with the things that he rants about, but there are more important things to be ranting about. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think I think you're right. Everything that you're ranting about is all true. Like when I go back and I listen to some of the rants and I look at him, I look at him on YouTube and I'm like, you know what? He's actually telling a lot of truth. The problem is that you know when you're from a city with 500 murders a year, mm -hmm. no, you should be more, talking about because that. Because they've already they've already passed 500. They're, 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 yeah, this this is this is, this is a this is a horrible year this year. Because yep. normally we cap out around five, just around five. Mm -hmm. We're that's at five. Many, yeah, We're past five now. Yeah, that's, that's a war zone. Yeah, it. That's a war zone. Exactly. That's a war zone. And uh, and somebody. Nobody is, is, is fighting with the that war. level of a platform. Somebody else. Well, and and it's got to. It, and I I do agree that if you're uh, 
if you're a, 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 a singer or an athlete or a, if you have any type of celebrity pulpit from a city like Chicago, you should be using some of that to talk about the conditions. It should be a national But even beyond that, why are, why are none of the, I mean, you don't hear anything from the, the government in Chicago. You don't hear anything about, I mean, and it's not no, just Chicago. They want to cover it up. They don't want to bring it to the national spotlight. Rahm Emanuel has been very, President Obama hasn't even talked about it. He talks about it quite be a real. bit, and he's been, and so has Rahm Emanuel. They've been very vocal. I live in Chicago quite a bit at the time, and and they talk about it very, yeah. very But very do you hear it about it outside of Chicago? Well, no. It, I doesn't, mean, it yes. doesn't hit national news the way that I think that it should. But well, that's what I mean. But, I'm, but, you know, I'm also from Chicago, so, you know, I, I think... People are I, so concerned about time. the next dumb thing that Trump or Hillary or whoever's going to do that, to me, yeah, it's important to, to think about who our next president's going to be, but I'm just as concerned about... All these kids or people I'm dying a, in the streets, I'm literally lot, dying I'm in the streets. I'm actually a lot more concerned about that than I am anything else because that that's real life. That's, well, and that's do not you the think reality minute, show that our presidential election is. Do you think you for a minute that that can't that spread out? Ratings. That gets zero ratings. The way to go about it is exactly <laughs> the way Colin Kaepernick did, which is, I think, keep drawing national attention to it, well, keep the conversation rolling as best you can. So that goes back to what and we so were saying at the beginning. Like, why, would, why do you think you, you know, be as a paid person in a particular, you know, sport... You use what you have the ability to you, use. I think you're barking, you have the ability but barking to use up it. the wrong tree because in my mind, I'm not what, barking what, up a tree though. I'm, what, I'm agreeing with what, what I'm you're saying, saying is that it does not start with politicians and sports figures and things like that making a difference. I mean, I, I, I a 15 year old kid, I don't give a shit what they were saying. I don't care about their lyrics. I don't care about any of that. That's nonsense. What at some point. It starts in a neighborhood, mm. and neighborhood by neighborhood, and in your own place, you go, dude, I don't want to live like this. This sucks. This yeah. sucks bad. Why don't, why don't we at least as a block come together, and let's just work on our block, and then maybe the <coughs> next block over, we'll start working together, too, and that would be cool, and now you have a neighborhood community, which is kind of interesting, and literally, honestly, you know what a lot of happens in at least the white well, neighborhoods that's that how you, get you police your own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I don't tell trust me this. The, the cops any more than you do. Mm -hmm. I just police my own neighborhood. Tell me this. What if Colin Kaepernick would be better off to form a coalition of, 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 of people in pop culture, sports, wherever, and form a coalition and say, we are out here doing advertising. You got plenty of money to pay for an advertisement, don't you? We're out here to speak against this. But we're also out here to speak against what's going on in our hoods with the drug dealing and nobody's talking about and all the killing and people won't turn people in. You want to turn your neighborhood around, this is how you get it done. And we're here to support you because that's who they look up to. But now what I may not understand, does that ruin, are, are they worried about their cred on the street? Because, oh, now you're speaking out against the street, I ain't going to buy your music. Speaking out against the street, I ain't gonna watch your football game. I ain't gonna watch your baseball game. I ain't gonna watch your basketball game. Uh, that, to me, is ten times more powerful, hundred times more powerful than taking a knee on the field. And 
I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick does not have the street cred the way he was raised. That some of these guys that have come out of the hood and become musicians or rappers <coughs> or sports players, and they come out of it, and sometimes they just had a mama to raise them. And their mama standing up there in the stand, Melvin Gordon. Did you see Melvin yeah. Gordon's mama the other day? Yeah. Did you have to catch that? She's up there with that jersey on. She wouldn't even yeah. put his number That's on. Hilarious. He played so bad last year. <laughs> mama got Melvin. Melvin's going to be fine because Mama's got Melvin. You know, yes. Melvin would be a great guy to come out and say, hey, Mama took care of me. You guys are not doing this right. This yeah. is what you need to do. That, that's, that's my point. But they formed a greater coalition, we are the world type thing. How amazing would that be, Mario? Yeah. Uh, and, you know. That's my point. Well, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I, do, uh, I do see your point, and I'm not sure if it makes as powerful a statement if that same coalition does what Collins already doing now. I don't know if it makes more of a statement if he does get a coalition. Well, what's the difference? And they, and they all take knees <coughs> on Sunday. That, that's that's a nothing. I mean, raising awareness is nice. Action is a little nicer. Yeah. What I mean, I mean, I ultimately, I ultimately agree with what you said. I think you do have to go, you know, go block by block. I don't mean go take a knee. I mean go natural with your media. No, I get billboards up. Get commercials. Yeah, no, commercials. Yeah, no. That's what I mean. Give up on the need. You want to get real, get real. I, I still, Take your money and do something with it. All these people have a lot of money. Take your money and do something with it. I'd rather see them spend money on lawnmowers, on paint for houses, on uh, arresting slumlords, uh, you yeah. know, enforcing the laws that are there. Yeah, this is a whole lot of slumlords. Right? Hey, why don't the streetlights work <coughs> on the street for once? That'd be nice. You know, that, yeah. I mean, all that stuff would go I, I, so I would much back further. that too. I would yeah, think that would be a good thing. I mean, these are things that I don't live, I don't know it. Mm -hmm. One thing I can say is I was there pretty damn close to it one time in my life. So I got a little bit of understanding, of it, but I didn't grow up in it. South Side is a tough place to be. I mean, look, I grew up on the South Side, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it, was, uh, it was tough, uh, but I don't regret one day growing up on the south side you know a lot of the things but was that, it as bad when you were growing up as it is now oh man it was ridiculously bad it was i remember standing at the bus stop but is it as bad as it is, as now. It is now yeah yeah it was yeah because and because when i was um when i was growing up the gang truce wasn't it wasn't in place right so th this is all you actually had Mexican drug lords who were funneling the money for yeah, the drugs. Yeah, this is all in Chicago. Yeah, like and they were at war, so that meant their gangs. Yeah, were, were at war, other. and yeah, like this is this is all like petty drug turf stuff now. Like, so you take like hardcore drug turf. Do you really think and, it's all drug related? Yes. Well, and, and if it if it wasn't, it wouldn't be in basically two pockets of the city. Mm. And like, you know, got you've got it. you've got one section of the south side and one section of the west side that have turned into Beirut and Fallujah. And 
and the rest of the city is humming along just fine. Sure. But those West pockets are so bad. <laughs> Yeah. West Loop's pretty sweet. Hey, man. <laughs> Gotta like the West Loop. I'm liking it down there. Gotta like, like the West Loop. I like how you put that. That's too. where your building is. You know, you gotta like the West Loop. Okay, so we have spent way more time on that great particular subject. Great oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we have solved anything uh, in this conversation, but uh, everybody out there uh, listening, um, if, you, if you get an opportunity, uh, leave a comment. Um, some let us know what what you think the solution is because at the end of the day um, I don't know if there's one right way to do any of this. Oh, it's too multi-layered. But um, we've got to start doing, and that's really what is what is we got to start doing something. I, I think honestly, it's been. 150 years of doing things were just again you re- you recognize when it happens. Yeah. Nobody, nobody stopped doing anything. It's yeah. just again they're calling attention to it again, and I think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Every generation calls attention to it, and it's, it's to the progress that's been made historically should not be discounted. Oh, absolutely. Now there's a lot more progress to be made. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, which takes me back to the top of my list. Um, and I do think we mentioned um, on the last podcast, but I did want to uh, do a couple of uh, rest in peace. Um, one, uh, Gene Wilder. Oh. Um, I think we did, but I wasn't 100% sure if we mentioned that on the last podcast. Uh, passed away at 83. Man, um, make you laugh to your feet. And one person <laughs> that, uh, and one person that I knew we hadn't mentioned because he passed away uh, over uh, my pneumonia hiatus. Uh, Jerry Heller of uh, I used to manage NWA fame uh, passed away at 75. Um, Was he the the guy on That was basically he's, yeah, basically mm. he's his partner in, uh, in Ruthless Records. So who, so who was Jerry all overall? Explain to me who Jerry was. Okay, so Jerry used to do several different jobs in the record business. Um, and um, Eazy-E was pressing his own record. Well, um, all, all And of he ran uh, uh, a pressing facility at the time. And, uh, and so it was Easy's first real record. And uh, he was just like, man, look, you know, I got, I got a few connections and I've worked with some big people. Um, and I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, you know, he's a white or black guy? He's a white, white guy. guy. Yeah. And uh, he, said, he said, let me. Name uh, like Jerry Heller. He's yeah. White. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, let, you know, let me help you. You know, and ultimately, um, ultimately he did help NWA become what they became but at the same time um, Jerry Heller kept his uh, his hand in the cookie jar he's the Ron Perlman of the rap oh yeah yeah he oh, was yeah, definitely yeah. the Ron Perlman of the rap and, uh, and he definitely kept his hand in the cookie jar and, uh, and got caught and called out and uh, eventually fired by uh, by Easy e um, uh, but it's also what made NWA split up. Exactly. Um, 
Ice Cube noticed it first, and then he left, and the group started feuding, and eventually, uh, eventually, Dr. Dre noticed it, and, and, and he left, and and uh, and that's the demise of N.W.A. But um, of course, uh, we still have. Uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. Dude, there's one of those two. One thing those two dudes understand is accounting. Yes, they will dig in the money. And they they dug. Yeah, bad. they definitely understood the money is off somewhere. In fact, Ice Cube noticed right away. He <laughs> was like, "Well, wait part- a minute, <clears throat> I wrote everything." Well, and he and I didn't get paid. Look how brilliant he is. That's oh yeah. Dude's got a brilliant mind. Those guys, Dr. Dre's the first billionaire in hip hop. Oh, first billionaire in hip hop. Yeah, I mean, so they're done. You're not gonna pull an accounting scam on those two. Not those two. Not for very long. Yeah, not for very long. I think honestly, it started started it with um, them not being made partner, and they were kept saying, "We're gonna make you a partner. Gonna make you a partner." And then he looked deeper and deeper, and And he was like, "Wait a minute, I'm not even getting paid for what I'm doing." (laughs) (laughs) So I tell you what, just. Just pay me, and we'll we'll call it even. He's like, well, it's the accounting. He says, well, I'm out. I got questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stupid. And uh, and so, like I said, so Ice Cube left, and and of course they were paying Dr. Dre better because he made all of the music, and uh, <clears throat> and then when he realized that he wasn't getting paid correctly. He left because once again, you're not gonna um, make very many accounting mistakes with uh, the music industry's kind of dry. I mean, the percentages are already there. Yeah. So everybody knows it's been established for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very divided between the the record company, the performers, and the publishers. Yep. That's it, and then the managers get a fee based on that. Very good. It is the easiest business in the world to keep track of your money. In. Yeah, if, yeah if, if you want to keep track of it, right. it, is not, it is not difficult. Yeah, because like you say, the numbers are already there. And in the, the only thing you can do is negotiate higher numbers. But the numbers are there. Well, you can't, even, you can't negotiate higher numbers as a publisher or anything. Not as a publisher, no. Or anything no, like no, that. no. So all you're doing is dividing the other 50% of the pie. And you can make a deal with your record label for more right. or less. But that's about it. Yeah. That's your only recourse. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of uh, the record business, um, coming off of uh, Jerry Heller, I thought this was interesting. Um, not only did I notice one, but I noticed two pop stars uh, going into the Guinness Book of World Records, um, which I thought was crazy because I'm sure in six months they'll both get dethroned by some other pop star. Sure. But uh, The weekend. Um, he was the uh, he has the most streamed album in one year with uh, 60 million plays um, for the entire album I think uh, the whole thing? yeah people have not just tracks on the song? yeah no the whole album streamed 60 million times really? yeah like that's ridiculous cause it's usually one track one track may May, um, like, there's, uh, which, wait a minute, I mean, um, there are artists that have, like, one song that has got to a billion plays, but it's one song. 
Uh, but when you have one whole album that has been streamed 60 million times, uh, that is an awfully popular album. I got one question about The weekend. My, my nephew turned me on to him. Yes. And I was surprised at how much I liked him. Mm-hmm. Dude got a lot of talent. But when's he going to grow up enough to change that wig, man? Because that's ugly. Um, just saying. That's just that's I, I, <laughs> the dude I, needs a new hairstyle. Yeah, I have. Ne- he's, he's not. A, he's not an ugly man. I mean, yeah, he- I have never <laughs> been a. I've never been a fan of uh, of, of dog ear dreads. Basically, what his are. They're just they lock so much that they just become flaps. <laughs> he's just, and uh, I've never been a fan of dog ear Thank dreads, you. but Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. But uh, that's what he has, and right now that's his shtick. And I hope um, he that he yes, yes, I hope he does. Well, that's the only way to get rid of it, isn't it? Yeah, at this point, what what he's allowed to happen? Yeah, it's the only thing you can do is cut that off. <laughs> like you, you, you can't let the roots grow. No, you have to just shave that and then let it grow out. He needs to take a year off. Uh, basically, uh, if he's gonna cut his hair, yeah. I'm the beaver. Uh, oh yeah, and then the other, um, the other Guinness book uh, was um, Bieber. He got the record for most stream track. On Spotify in one week, and I have been looking through, trying to find what that number was, um, but I didn't see what the number actually was. So, I, but I thought it was crazy that, like, in a week, I saw two artists with Guinness Book stuff. And I okay, I got like comment on Bieber too. Yes. Because I don't listen to Bieber at all, and I happened to catch a video of his the other day. Uh huh. And it's, he's using this electronically enhanced voice. Yes. Are all of his songs electronically enhanced? No. 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 Not at all. No, no. No. Not at all. Most of them are not. Okay. I was just kind of like, well, I geez, you know, they can electronically, even though with my bad speaking, electronically enhance my voice. <laughs> right. And I could probably sound good even with my bad accent. I mean, I'll tell you, he probably sang the track probably 60 times and they took each word and cut it up and made it the best. I mean, that happens all the yes, time. Yes, that happens. You don't walk in and knock out a song. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're, 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 the old school uh, boys used to do it yeah, all the time. I'm just saying. There is wow. a handful of artists. So here was something that was interesting, and I just remember. Yeah. We were talking about streaming and. and Congratulations on breaking the streaming record, yada yada. This was, prior to that, I think the most popular song of all time was Lady Gaga's Poker Face. Yes. It was the most streamed. was played more than a million times. According to uh, the reports from Spotify, she got paid, and this is Spotify alone, a million, Spotify. million streams on Spotify. Yes. She got paid $167. Which for is the problem wrong. with streaming. I, yes. He's got eight titles in the Guinness Book of World Records for 2017. Bieber? Really? Yes. Well, uh, that, now that everybody's streaming It's most TV, streamed right. track on Spotify in one week, and it was over 30 million times. Okay. Most streamed album on Spotify in one week, which was 205 million times worldwide. That's pretty good. Yeah. Most simultaneous tracks on a U.S. single singles chart. Okay. 
We had 17 tracks at one time. Wow. Was screwed most, about that. most simultaneous new entries in the Hot 100 by a solo artist. First act to occupy all top three positions simultaneously on UK single chart. Most followable most followers on Twitter male. Right. I think Katy Perry holds yeah. the yeah. email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most viewed music channel on YouTube for an individual. Most subscribers on YouTube for a musician, uh, for a male musician. Okay. Makes me What's very, very me? worried for the younger generation. <laughs> well, it, very, very, it's just very worried. The fact that I'm getting old, they're going to be taking care of me. <laughs> when I don't have to pay, I literally pay ten dollars a month for Spotify mm-hmm. and listen to it endlessly as much as I want to. It doesn't cost me a dime more a than dime $10. more. Right. And you're talking trying to compare that against the Beatles or Elvis who literally people had to go out and buy their records. Exactly. You know, I mean I I would put the Beatles records and if they've been broken, they've been broken, but I think if they've been broken in an illegitimate way. <clears throat> Where people aren't purchasing the track, or yeah. like they're listening to the track, and congratulations. Yeah. But you know, and that's all it takes to hold the number one. Yeah. I wonder if there's a way to. Well, they would just. You know how they do, like, oh, a million dollars at this time is worth this much now, and sure. I yeah. wonder if there's a way to look at the numbers. And, and say if they were alive today, or if they were you know popular today, what it would be. Yeah, it, it that, that would be fascinating. But I think mm-hmm. you'd have to go beyond that, and just not—it's not even a revenue comparison to me. It would also honestly be—I don't have to do anything. Like literally, right now, mm-hmm. I could just pull up that song and listen to it mm-hmm. if I wanted to, and right. do nothing. Right. Whereas if you were the Beatles or the Stones or James Brown or any of yeah, you guys, had to you had to go get the single. There was an the action required. I mean, like truly, or that's harder money back then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, I think. You know, I think the interesting thing, and um, honestly, I think that, uh, you know, I don't even know if I think pop music, um, but I really do believe, unfortunately, um, uh, hip-hop had something to do, a lot to do with it, to tell you the truth. Um, music in it, in and of itself has become devalued over time. Absolutely. And I think that um, you know what used to be you know like demos that you used to you used to still sell um you know, if you're a band, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Johnny Hot Rapper and, uh, and I'm, and I'm trying to make a name for myself, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I would make a demo and I would sell as many as I could and I would pass out as many as I could. You didn't see him driving around in his car selling CDs out of, out of his trunk. trunk. Exactly. And that, so now, that same demo just gets uploaded online. Sure. And, you know, what, what um, promotion you need to do 
is to convince somebody at your favorite blog really just to post the fact that this your stuff is out there. And uh, it's just such a different time. Um, I don't know, and I think about this often actually, I don't know if, you know, the, 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 the Beatles, <laughs> the Michael Jacksons, the Princes, the, right. you know, I, I don't know if they could financially compete now. I mean, their, their well, level, I think they could. their That's level of talent was there. Talent would always win. Absolutely. Talent yeah. always wins out, though. Well, I, I, I agree, except to say, um, you know, there's only uh, two or three albums that have even sold over a million copies in 2016. Yeah. Like, and so it just, it, so it just makes me, and you know, like Adele. Uh, shit, Adele, Drake, maybe Beyonce, Taylor Swift. Like, there's there's such a small handful of artists that are really actually selling records. Taylor Swift. That it makes me wonder how well some of our favorite act, historical acts would do now. Here's how I would measure, and this is this would be. A perpetual debate because there's no way of proving it one way or the other. I would measure the cultural impact of the Beatles against the cultural impact of Justin Bieber. Cultural impact of the Beatles. Now that is hilarious. I mean, they literally changed a generation. Oh yeah. I mean, from everything from clothes to politics to everything. And they weren't together that long. No, I mean, well, they were together for a very long time, but not when they were popular. Sixty-four to seventy. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and changed literally changed the world on that short of a span of time. It's six years though. No, they've been playing together since the. 50s yeah, but really, they had six years. Of, Read the, the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell. Like it's amazing. They played had like ten thousand hours. You know, he always has a ten thousand hour tipping point. Yeah, you yeah. Go back to all their Hamburg shows and all that. I just think it was the, the fame and the popularity that broke them up. But I think mean, once you get that popular, same with oh, Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Jackson the other day about broke them. because of popular culture. They would come into these stadiums in an armored car, and they would just put this simple stage up there. Oh, yeah. And there was Arena Rock started off. But there was nothing but this stage and the Beatles. They had shitty amps, and they would take the, the speakers for the stadium, like they had baseball announcers used, and put them in front of the amps. Yes. You couldn't hear jack shit. In fact, small historical fact, the only place they never sold out ever on any live concert in America, Kansas City. That is the one that, single spot. That is an amazing... See, this is why uh, Out There Podcast Land, we keep, we keep Chris on the podcast... Because he has historical... And we like <laughs> him. Uh, well, we kind of like him. Yeah, we kind of like him. We kind of <laughs> like him a little bit. Yeah. All right, so we do have to move on because we're, we're, running, we're running low on time. Because um, we actually could keep talking about that for a long time. So, um, so that'd be a fun conversation at some point. Yeah, actually, yes. It actually would be. And we, uh, we may see that come back up in the podcast... Uh, sooner than later, because actually, I do think um, pretty fascinating. Yeah, I do think 
um, the conversation oh. of musicians uh, and you know how they would fare you know um, their day till today or vice versa sure. you know, like you take you know some of our biggest you know stars and put them in um, an environment when people were buying records you know do you take a you know a uh, you take a Kanye West. I was just about to say Kanye would be my example. If you were able to remove the cultural and racial divide, yeah, and just assume that 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 was have no social media, it, and then put him in that day, yeah, I still think he's insanely popular. Yeah, no, I actually uh, <coughs> Kanye is one of the probably five or six acts that I think you know, like back in the day, you know, there was always this. You know, like you know, like you, you were either a huge Prince fan or a huge Michael fan, and um, and they sold ridiculous amounts of records. Um, I really think you put Michael and Prince, and like you, if you give if you give the you know during the Michael and Prince era, you put Kanye in that era, in a in a and like you say, we're in a in a in a place where, um, you know, culturally, um, you know, rap is relevant. Sure, I'm gonna say that you got you have a real competition. I really believe that. I think he kills both of them because he's the best self promoter I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, good gravy! All right, so all right, once again. We will definitely bring this back up in a in a in a, in a forthcoming podcast because this is actually a really interesting conversation. Um, just really quick, uh, last two things. Um, so I'll start with the funny one first because I'm sure we'll talk about the other one uh, longer. Uh, Larry King is now working for Russian national television. It's not Larry King. It's a wax statue. <laughs> what? It's a wax statue. They, they, or, you know, with, with animation, are able to make him move. Larry, Larry King actually died about twenty he, years he's ago, been <laughs> and, and they, they've got this, this, this robot of, of Larry King. He's like the and, 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 you know, he's, he's cock dealer, Miss Mugen Magnon. You need to need to watch now. You know, yeah. so I'm, you know, like, I'm like, I was like, you know, because oh, of course it, it 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 comes up because Trump's doing. An interview with Larry King, and uh, and you know he's saying a lot of you know just you know he's doing the Trump thing, and he's thinking uh, I'm going to um, I'm doing his <laughs> podcast, and that's he what said, he said after the right right right. Well, the, well, I'm just saying what he said. Sure. <laughs> he said I thought I was doing his podcast, and it turns out that it was on not just Russian. You know, television or Russian internet. It was Russian state-sponsored television, <laughs> <laughs> and I just I couldn't believe <coughs> how you didn't know, uh, you were or that Larry King didn't tell you. Yeah, you cannot run a worse campaign. This is this is that was hilarious. You I just you can't blame Trump on that. Yeah, that was I'm sorry. You that can't was hilarious. Trump on that one. I don't know, but I knew that. I know that was funny. I was just like. How do you not know you're about to be on Russian sex positive? Right. <laughs> that is hilarious. So anyway, um, I thought that was hilarious. The fact that 
Larry King is even working for Russian state sponsored television at this point is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and uh, last but not least, uh, Wells Fargo. Wow. Um, wow. I, I was just like, I, that's not where I wanted to, I was going to originally end up, but that's the last of kind of the news topics um, that I had before, uh, uh, you know, we talked about uh, uh, pneumonia and, and such things like that. But um, d does anybody remember the number of accounts, the phony accounts that, that were set up? No, they fired 5,300 people. I mean... Just they have millions of accounts set up on credit cards. Just amazing. It, 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 I mean, several different style of accounts. It wasn't just one account. And and what's this brought on because of quotas? Yeah, you might be able to say that. Is it is it brought on because of people think they can get away with it? Over yeah, that's two probably million. more than likely. Two million accounts. Over two million. Jeez. Yeah, and. You know, Phony account. If, if any one of us in a business had done something as fraudulent as this, man, we'd be having eleven more. Mm-hmm. We'd be having some new jumpsuits made for us with yeah. some nice sandals, so we didn't have to tie our <laughs> shoes no more. But all that happened to that those fifty-three hundred people. Nothing will happen to these people, and this is the whole point. <coughs> This is the whole problem with our government and their politics and who's buying who. And that's what it boils down to. Yeah. It's who's paying who. And just don't forget, I'm sure Trump is taking, Hillary's certainly taking a lot of that money. How's she going to reconcile with that? You know, this is what it boils down to. People are paid off in government. Government and big business are two of the same. They are synchronicity in each other. And that's why we the people have a major problem nowadays. Because we don't have a say in it anymore. And they get scot-free off, no matter what they do. They get slapped on the hand. They pay a big fine. What does it matter? Heck, they got billions and billions and billions of dollars, and they get a $186 million fine. Really? That's a drop in the bucket. You know, it's, I remember when, uh, when, uh, when they started saying that uh, by all legal definitions corporations of people and I remember thinking to myself well that's the worst idea I've ever heard like that a corporation is a person said because uh, by definition a, a corporation uh, uh, by dictionary definition is closer to the dictionary definition of a psychopath than it is of a person. You know, it will do whatever it takes in any circumstance to survive, even harming itself to survive. And I was just like, I don't want that defined as a person. And But I knew the moment legally it was defined as a person and the you know your uh, your uh, your tax ID number was basically a social security number, and they ask for it that way when you fill out certain things. Exactly, because yeah. I do that. Because I are you a corporation or are yeah. you an LLC? Corporation. You an S, S subchapter S? No, am I? All right. Yeah. 
So we're both subchapter S's. Mm -hmm. And you're right. During that recession, yeah. hold a second mortgage on my house. I went three years without a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Because I was gonna I was gonna make sure that corporation survived. Yeah. Because that corporation pays me. Boy, so I, it's my job. It's, we, so. we would say the same thing. So this and this is where I do take a little bit of umbrage with the way that this was presented. Okay. I would not do something that I knew was flat ass illegal to try to make my company survive. I would do everything humanly in my power to make sure that Female. my people got paid as long as I could, that I was doing the best jobs, I was cutting costs. If That's I had exactly to cut jobs, what I it would hurt me, but I would do that, and I've been in that situation before. The reason we're a corporation is mm -hmm. because if you look at the way the tax law is set up, mm -hmm. you're allowed to draw a salary on which you pay uh, FICA and Medicare right. uh, as an employee of the company, and then beyond that, you don't pay that. So you save yourself 6% in taxes on anything above what you right. would earn, whereas if you decided to be an LLC, you pay taxes, FICA and Medicare, on everything that you make, you get screwed by the tax system. Mm -hmm. So this is why a lot of people choose to be a subchapter S mm -hmm. and go for it as a corporation like that. In this case, I will tell you, and I do not, I, I'd be interested to see how high it went up in the company, but my, my general experience with stuff like this mm -hmm. is that there's pressure that comes down from on high that says, listen, we, we have to increase our sales, we, we have to report quarterly, right. but it's at a very low level that people are trying to get ahead and make a name for themselves and set up stuff. I had Northwestern Mutual set up five false life account policies in my name. Wow. And I had two legitimate ones when I went with them, right, right. but the guy just wanted to be a big baller, you know, so you sign up these other five in my name that weren't legitimate policies. And that's at the lowest level. Wow. Now, if you're sitting there at the CEO of Northwestern Mutual, I'm fairly certain you had no idea that some asshole in Kansas City did that. Right, right. But there is a certain amount of pressure to always turn in corporate earnings if you're a publicly oh, absolutely. traded company. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's a... It's a I mean, and don't get me wrong. Um, I don't hate corporations. Um, as a matter of fact, um, at a certain point, I know that the Good Times and Good People Company will be a corporation, sure. and that's perfectly okay. The problem comes in for me when um, you know we we all have uh, uh, some some scruples and morals sitting at this table, um, but there are those corporations that will set up two million phony accounts. And ultimately, have to you know have to fire over five thousand people for doing some, and 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 the reason you'll do it one is because you are getting these pressures from on high to make these things happen, but the penalty. You know, I was I was uh, I was yeah, I was in a conversation with somebody, and we we're getting back to Justin Bieber. It was like, oh, he needs to clean his act up. He's doing all this crazy stuff. And he's in his streets in this chrome car doing donuts. And I said, Sue, let me ask you a question. You're 20. You got 100 million bucks. 100 million bucks. How much is the ticket for doing donuts in the street? A drop. A, a bin, drop. A bin head. Not even a drop. Right. And that... But you're not you're not including the full amount of the financial uh, 
recourse that's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. You know as well as I do, it'll be a class action lawsuit. Which everybody there already is one. They're going to win billions of dollars, so that will absolutely affect the bottom line, and it's going to happen. Uh, so th- there, there will be some financial $195 million in fines and $5 million to refund customers. No, that's, that's only with the no. company volunteer. Then that's not there's the $100 million dollars will go towards the CFPB's uh, civil penalty, $35 million to the Office of the Controller of Currency, and $50 million will be paid to the city and county of Los Angeles. Still doesn't, that's not a But that wasn't, that wasn't a lawsuit. They said um, that they refused... Those people cannot take part. If you take that money, you can't take part in the class action lawsuit. The CFPB declined to comment on when the investigation began and what sparked it, citing agency policy. But um, they interviewed a guy who called um, Wells Fargo a year ago because he had noticed uh, an account in his name. They're they're, going to get killed. Real quick, I, I have a friend of mine. Not long, friend, we get together enough when he comes into town. They used to be one of the top 15 paid CEOs here in town. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he negotiated a deal, and this may give away with a Chinese company, to bring his company forward. And I asked him one time, I said, one thing I don't understand is that I know sometimes in business I need to accelerate. I know sometimes in business I need to retract. Mm-hmm. I said, how come in the corporate world, retract is a hugely bad word, or, or, or staying stable <coughs> and even is a hugely bad word? He says, shareholders. Exactly. Exactly. You That's have exactly to always, it. And I, it was you have to me, answer to the street. Something to me I never really thought about. Mm-hmm. The shareholders demand that you make X amount of profit every single year, and you go forward. But if you don't make that, your ass is grass. It's not every year; it's every three months, and it's yeah, you probably don't want to talk. It's brutal. I think I do. And, he, and, he, and he's a good dude. <laughs> I, I would agree, but I would agree. you know, and he will tell you exactly how it is. He is a no bullshit guy. It's a brutal game, and that's why he is no longer there because he couldn't yeah. handle the deal with the people that he made. The publicly traded stuff is the way that the publicly traded stock market is set up is unhealthy for long term business. Well, and that's why you have lay. That's how you get layoffs in companies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I just. I remember thinking this. I mean, that's not the only I, way. But you I will know say I mean. this. I, I would say I find there to be a difference between a Wells Fargo and like an Enron, for example. Whereas I think the very top people at Enron not mm-hmm. only knew about it, but yeah. were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas I could see the way Wells Fargo is set up with branches everywhere and doing all that kind of stuff. That's really five thousand some odd people. That's that drop in the bucket to Wells mm-hmm. Fargo setting up fake accounts. That doesn't surprise me all that much, to be perfectly honest. You know? And I think you could get away with it as a small-time individual trying to work your way up through your local branch to maybe right. your district manager and blah, blah, blah. Right. And there was a and, lot of that. Yeah. And, and I think you can get away with it for a while. Eventually, the, C, the CFO is going to catch on and where the hell is his money. money. But they, it, it's they like... Enron purposely, at the very top levels, designed a plan to trade money back and forth between their own companies mm-hmm. to make it look like they were gaining revenue. That's a sophisticated plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They deserve to go to jail and be put under yeah, so and, and, I and, I, and, I, and I definitely agree 
that there is a massive difference between an Enron and, and, and what happened with But, but 5,300 employees, there's no way that that didn't go up fairly high. I mean, you don't have 5,300 people in one one consolidated area. What I'm saying is that I think that there are a lot of people doing it to 100 people in all their different branches, and mm -hmm. you want to see if that is able's. And I bet they probably did not have the proper uh, policing in place to make sure that that was not happening, which I would probably fault the company for, and they certainly deserve fault for that. I'm going to say I think you could get away with it the way they were structured for a long time. Right. And, and maybe they should have been tighter on, on their oversight. Yeah. But I do not believe in this particular case that it was coming from the highest level to start doing fraudulent accounts and do all that to make it look like we have more money coming in. I think individuals right. get paid on bonuses and commissions in those companies. Right. And so they're signing people up right and left. Yeah. Right. About it. Yeah, I mean, I So not I'm all of it. Some of it was opening like a second um, bank account mm -hmm. and moving money from the original account to the new account. So Back people were, no, people were getting hit with overdraft fees and stuff like that. Uh, and they were like, yeah. what's going on? And on another whole side of it, people were opening credit card accounts yes. for people. So there's two different things going on. Oh, wow. There's the okay. moving, just moving money into another account and then the, the whole credit card. Right, right. From what I understand, cards. they were shifting money constantly back and forth. They, they said they would that. What they do is then set up the credit card to handle what were a lot of the overdraft fees, and you might not even ever see that statement ever. And so I always mm -hmm. have sworn to God if I was ever, God forbid, elected to any public office where I could have this authority, the very first thing I would do is any company, like a bank, that charges you $35 every time they screw up, they need to give you $35 every time they screw up. That's a fair contract. Because Bank of America told my old bank that, you know. Yeah. Yep. yeah, because they was $36 every time I screwed oh, up. Yeah. And they screwed up a bunch of times. Did I get any money back? Oh, hell Never. no. What they do is they'll buy them with the bank. Oh, my bad. <laughs> like Bank of America does this they'll all just the time. reverse the fees. <laughs> really sorry, here's your money back. I'm mean, no, no, no. Bullshit. You owe me. Right, now you, you owe me. Now, because right. you screwed up. Right, mm -hmm. so, exactly. Uh, that's a fair contract. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I agree with that. Yeah, because we Well, you know, um, I don't know who you banked through, but we banked. Bank America. Yeah, so, so it was, yeah. You so know, we, they had that whole thing where they were listing they were getting overdraft fees because they're still doing it they got in trouble for it but they still freaking do it they still to this day will when i transfer money it takes two days to post but when i uh put the money in you know it goes in mm -hmm. immediately mm -hmm. right you know it's such a nonsense kind of a thing so if i have to switch money between the accounts like oh Remember, I'm take a couple of days to post. So. No, yeah. well, and my we, wife worked we for a bank for a long time. We have I a know problem a with. Stuff. Well, my not we. Owned a bank. What yeah, annoys yeah. me we both is know inside stuff. Yeah. you should be you should be doing settling my account the way my the way I'm spending the money, not the largest to the smallest items. Mm -hmm. Which is the problem with her bank. That's what Bank of America does, and that's what they got in trouble for. Yep. And they're I, still I doing it now. Bank, but mm -hmm. that's exactly. They were after big dogs. I was a little dog. Mm -hmm. And they beat the crap out of little dog and gave big dog a break. Yep. Yep. Every time. Every time. Simple as that. Well, I think we have hit uh, all the topics. 
we can hit for today. Um, I was going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, pneumonia, but we actually got a little more involved in uh, the news of the day than I thought we would. And that's quite all right, because that is actually what we kind of do around here. What I would uh, like to say about pneumonia is it's damn good to see you up and walking around. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. For the last couple of weeks, but... Yeah, well, I'm thanks, really surprised sir. they didn't put him in the hospital. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our panel members that hasn't been able to make it because he's been busy. He's rapping Roy. Rapping <laughs> Roy. Rapping Roy sent me an email today uh -huh. and, and uh, sent me about all what his program was. And you look at what Rapping Roy does and it's wow. Oh, yeah. It's wow. And yeah. he's trying to, uh, he, he's looking for some sponsors to sponsor some of the mm. schools. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to work on getting a coalition of oh, businesses nice. together nice. And, and do something like that because nice. Rap and Roy's a man we need to have that's out there making for us sometimes. Yeah, I'm going to say I definitely would like to see Rap and Roy makes a difference in the world. He's a man that goes out and makes a difference in the world. I would and, definitely and, like and, to and see. And anybody this. that does that deserves a huge shout out. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I say yeah, Roy and the H and H3 and. Uh, of course, that is a healthy, and, and healthy partner, hip hop. And his partner, and his partner. Yeah, 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 him and his partner. They're both great guys. Uh, and with uh, with their organization, Healthy Hip Hop, um, is who we're talking about. So please um, Google Healthy Hip Hop H3 um, and and see what they're doing out here. It's they're actually it's actually pretty exciting. Um, uh, with that said. Um, I am going to, of course, end today's podcast in the way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me. Uh, but before I uh, give you the toast, I um, I saw this um, quote, and and uh, it got me to thinking about um, politics and um, and this whole campaign season, and and really kind of all campaign seasons. And uh, the quote was. Uh, so you campaign in poetry, but you govern in prose. Hmm. And, um, and and I just thought that, you know, for everybody who's like, oh, you know, uh, politicians are always lie lying or untruthful or, you know, I, I, I think that that may be a better um, definition of what's actually happening. You know, I think you do have to campaign in poetry. You know, you have to attempt to grab the hearts and minds. But you can't govern that way. You know, you govern in prose. It's, it's pretty straightforward and it's kind of staccato and it's, and, uh, and it's not always going to rhyme. But uh, <coughs> if you're lucky, you get some things done. Yep. And with that said, uh, to good times with good people.